Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. It is the first podcast after the first game after Arsene Wenger announced he will be leaving the club. And it is without Boyd Hilton, who has jetted off to America for some sort of showbiz, premiere, I'm not quite sure. But in his place, we have three tremendous guests. On my left is Dan Roebuck, fresh from commentating on the UEFA under... What was 19. it, Under-19 final, which Chelsea, yes, Chelsea well-beaten. Bar- yeah, well-beaten by Barcelona, who were too strong on the day for Joe Edwards' young charges. Yes. Deservedly so, the Catalan club coming good. Well, we hope uh, we will have better success against the Spanish club this mm. week. We'll come on to that, um, as well as, of course, talking non, um, mainly about Arsene Wenger and about the last three days at Arsenal, because we did do a podcast Friday, an uh, emergency pod, we called it. Um, Tim Payton is fresh from coming back from China, where you were, where you when you heard the news. Yes, at Soccer X. At Soccer X, with David, David Dean, Dean. With David Dean, who'd left in time to get back. To counsel Arsene, but we were certainly talking about this kind of development. Do we know if, and I don't want to put you on, did David know it was coming? I think David felt that it was probably the right thing to happen and it was time, you know, yeah. Okay, so we'll talk more about your reaction to that. And uh, I know you were just as we were coming in doing something for the Times for tomorrow's yeah, paper by, as well. by tomorrow's Times. By tomorrow's Times, <laughs> read Tim's views. Don't bother Don't get any commission for that. Um, and we're joined by uh, by Nick True, who of course um, has the Arson Nose banner, had the George That's Nose right. banner. That's right. Will you still Arson, have the banner? Arson New. Arson New. Are you, you going to change the banner? I don't know. I think that's done. Will it will done? It, I left. It, I left it at White Hart Lane in, when we won the league. I left it there. You left it there. Yep. You're going to get a new banner with our new manager. Do you think? Oh, we'll have to wait and see. You're hoping for Maybe. a short name, otherwise, it could be an expensive <laughs> banner. 
Allegri nose. Allegri nose. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. All that. And Max more. nose. Um, well, listen. I know Tim. You you were actually flying back yesterday during the Arsenal game. So uh, I know we'll come on to that in a in a second. Nick, you were at a wedding, I believe. Yeah. Well, yes, with David Dean, who was sitting next to me. So David Dean. Dad, what's your David Dean uh, recommendation for this week? Well, what have you done with him? Well, I, I wasn't with David Dean when news broke. I was actually at uh, Highbury House. Um, Wow. So you were in the thick of it? Uh, sort of. On, on a Friday morning, I put a voice to a magazine show that goes out um, across the globe for Arsenal, part of their media um, production. Uh, and, yeah, the script was hastily changed. I get there early morning and usually leave sort of mid-morning. But by mid-morning, there were obviously developments, so things were changed. And yeah, well, Did the staff know? Well, I don't because the statement I, went I out on the know. website, which we're told so. was done at the same time as yeah. Wenger himself told the players at the training ground. I think that's true. So it took them staff by surprise. I, I think you. so. I mean, look, whether some people knew behind the scenes, I, I imagine they might do. A so. very core team knew because exactly. they had the material yeah. ready, but exactly. I don't think the wider staff no, would have done. No, I, th- I think that's absolutely true. And, and yeah, there was a meeting cause at London Colney. There was a, a press day, I think, at London Colney. So I, mean, I wasn't there, but there was a lot of activity due to take place. Um, so I would suggest that the vast majority did not know. Right. And your show was adapted accordingly. Yes, it was. It was hastily rearranged and various interviews were done. And uh, yeah, it was changed and went out uh, on Saturday in territories around the globe. No one knew what the initial show was going to be like that's consigned to the cutting room floor. What could have been? What well, you know. Been? Yeah, I know what the original script was, but it was nothing to do with Arsene Wenger leaving the club. <laughs> Amazing. It almost is like, it's like the news channels, don't they? They have, they have things ready for yeah. when certain people of a certain age maybe are, you know, could, could pass on. And it, I wonder if there were, in the Arsenal archives, packages ready on reflecting on Arsenal, uh, yeah, Arsenal's I, time. I suspect, I mean, the, the, the programme as well, obviously, is, is printed, you know, way prior to, to the weekend. I don't know the exact dates, but it, that must have been all changed on Friday as well because everyone would have seen the programme on, on Sunday with, with the, the front cover and all the editorial that was in there and, and so on. So, yeah, it would have been a real hurry across Friday to get things changed and done um, to, because of what happened. So where were you, Nick, when you, when you heard the news? What was Landed. your reaction? Yeah, I was on a, on a flight back from uh, Dubai, actually, and, uh, yeah, got alerted from my wife. Sent a text saying uh, Arson is gone. Couldn't believe it. I thought it was a joke at first, but then I saw uh, literally uh, hundreds of different texts and WhatsApps all came in. And what, what's your overriding emotion on it? Is it, is it? Is it? I felt relief in a way, and also pride. We spoke about that on Friday. What, what was your sort of emotions once it sort of digested that this man who has led us for twenty-two years is, is leaving? Yeah, well, I was excited actually. I think that's my my initial instinct. I was really excited about the future and layering on top of you know what he did, which was fantastic. A um, little bit fearful, a little bit fearful. In fact, that, that my, my good buddy who I sit with said he's excite, excited, fearful and thankful. I thought that was a very good way of putting it all. It's a nice trio of mm. words, actually. Um, excited, fearful, and thank you, Tim. You Th- thankful, yeah. thankful, um, mm. Tim. Without wanting to um, ensure people don't buy tomorrow's Times of London, it'll be today's probably by the time they're listening. Well, possibly this should go out <laughs> about ten pm if we're lucky. Ah, catch what, the first what, are your, <laughs> what were your sort of thoughts? Or, I or think what's... that's I think that's a good summary. I think I thought, thank God, or finally this is being addressed because 
it was going to have to be and I was concerned I think I, I think the change was inevitable this summer but Arsenal actually need to have their new manager appointed sooner rather than later so the fact that now I feel confident that there'll be someone in before the end of the season making key decisions on signings and contracts I just thought this is important for the football club I also thought this is this is great it's what you know I've been talking you know to people who you know around the club and who have the ear of Wenger saying please persuade him to go before the end of the season so we can say thank you rather than sort of groan and boo the last couple of games and have the empty seats and you know, thankfully, that has happened. There's going to be some appreciation and hopefully an uplift for what is now, a, you know, a fantastic, exciting game of football on Thursday night. Best game of the season coming up. Yeah, absolutely. By by a mile, Thursday night is probably the most excited I've been about an, an Arsenal game. I mean, you could argue the League Cup final, but but really, just because of now the added bonus of what it could mean to end the legacy with a European trophy, which he's never done for us. Let's just do and, a, and a Champions League place that the League Cup wouldn't have given us. So. Absolutely, and, so and what that would mean. And, it, and, oh, and Wenger it, spoke about uh, the way uh, he wants to leave the club to the next manager, being in the Champions League and the financial gains that will have. Well, well, well look at the instructions he's been under, and also how he feels on it. Arsenal have been resting first team players in the Premier League for the Europa League so it's only because of the Champions League spot that comes is, there, is there anyone in the room that I want to deal with one issue that believes it wasn't Arsene's decision I mean the, the, the narrative that came out from Gazidis was incredibly respectful on Friday and doing it in the Arsenal way which we're all probably very proud of but increasingly what was written in, in the couple of days after seemed to clearly imply this, this wasn't Arsene's decision I think it was Arsene's decision to go now. Um, whether it would have still been Arsene's decision to go in the summer or in the early part of next season, I don't know. But I think I, I think that he's taken the move now to, to to play his hand and say, look, and for the sake of the club, and you talk about getting behind the team for the last few games and the Atletico Madrid game that's coming up, and that is so crucial and he realises that and he might not have been in the same position in the summer to make that choice, to make that decision. So I, I think he's taken upon it himself now yeah. to do it. I think he had a lot less room to operate than you're suggesting there. I think he did have the choice of announcing it on Friday or it being announced after the last game. But he was told he was going. He was told he had the choice of leading that and going first. He will, I'm reliably informed, be getting his final year's salary, which in effect shows you know mutual, mutual agreement, compromise agreement or sacked. But... You know, he's had not much room to operate here. They had decided he was not going to be manager next season. And I think both sides have worked together to deal with that in the best possible way. Would it have been a more difficult decision if that had played out if he'd won the Europa League? It could well be. Same, same, it same could well be that the club wanted to, you know, be on top of that. I think what was most important and what was troubling them was the fact I think they'd made the decision that he wasn't going to be here next season, but they really need a new manager in. And they now need to start picking up the phone to some people. And how would the end of the season have looked if Wenger was still trying to hang on and then, you know, news of the approaches have been coming through. So it, it's not perfect. And I think it was, you know, if you actually think back to it, I mean, what was Gazidis doing late on Friday? That's That was a very strange press conference because he didn't answer any of questions from the press but he wanted to put himself out there as in charge and slightly being the the tough guy but most interestingly of all if that had been a completely harmonious club that would have been manager and chief executive at the same time so read between the lines of what happened on that Friday and I think you can Mm. see the slight the slight bitterness and it came through even more in Wenger's post-match at West Ham didn't it yeah 
Nick? Yeah, I think because he just did the right thing. Uh, you know, so that's there's a, a, a void that had to be um, filled. So I thought he, I thought he did the right thing, and I thought actually I thought he did well. Um, I quite like Gazidis. I've, I've met him. Uh, I've heard him speak a few times. I think he's a really good operator. And I have to say, the thing about the actual football club, I think it's very, very well run uh, business and a very well run organisation. Uh, Except it's a, for the fact that the team's a, been failing. Yes, yes, but that's not his fault. That's not his well, fault. Well, it that, is. He appoints the manager. And well, well, no, he didn't appoint the manager. He didn't appoint. He didn't appoint him. I think that came above him. Um, and and I was very reliably informed um, that he will not leave. That's what I was told. He will not go. That was the. That was, that's what I was told. Um, which, so which that's quite support. interesting. That um, you know that then that, yeah. that came out. Well, so no, I, I, I agree I'm, with, I'm that, with you. I think they I finally think, they yes. finally got authority from, from the from very the cro- top from Stan man to, so to, to say, and it was undoubtedly the empty seats of and course. the falling away of like the commercial situation around the club that yes. drove that in the last few weeks. Yes. But you're right. Yeah. I think it. But you know, he was told. Yes, it is interesting. What, Agreed. What, what you said there, Tim, about the. The, the kind of nature of the club, maybe not wanting to get to a month's time and he's got the club back in the Champions League, wanting to take control of a situation. And I guess the benefit there maybe is that we have a month now to to celebrate him. And I, I know there's only the two two home games we've got now. We've got Thursday against Atletico and then we've got Burnley. Y- yesterday, w- were you at the game yeah. yesterday? I mean, I, I it wasn't quite as vocally behind him as I thought it might be and and I hope that sort of changes on Thursday and changes even more so when it is his last home game against Burnley but I'm, I'm glad we've got this month to sort of celebrate yeah I think I think that's absolutely fair and to if he was to almost slip away in the summer after a season for one reason or another whether you know got to the Champions League again or, or didn't and you didn't have that opportunity to celebrate his career, I think that would have been a real shame. So the fact that it's come out like this gives us, as you're saying, Josh, uh, Josh that, that opportunity. I, w- I was a little bit surprised um, whether it was because it was Friday, Sunday and people had made other plans. I don't really buy into that. I was chatting to someone earlier on today who suggested that, you know, I was doing something else, so I wasn't going to change my plans. You change your plans for something Maybe like this. Maybe people have forgotten you know? where they put the season tickets, <laughs> well, this, sucked yeah, them away, you can't find them. Me. I mean, I, I thought it's strange because the, the, the lower tier, I thought, looked full and I thought the atmosphere from the kickoff was good. I didn't, and it's been reported in the press, you know, there wasn't the one Arsene Wenger's constantly for, from the get go. Um, there was a, a, a significant chant right at the end of the game. I thought the atmosphere generally was good, but when you looked up to the top tier, I'm behind the dugout. So when I looked up to that top tier, it was pockmarked with empty seats. And it will well, be. Not, not, not as bad as, as the, 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 the Stoke or the Southampton. But it will take but, time, won't you know, it? It's going to take time. And, and also, but Arsenal, even at relatively good times, have 5,000 empty seats yeah. now. And this is where I won't. Get, get diverted here for too long but this is where I take issue with Gazidis being a good chief exec we've been challenging him for four or five years now home credits deal with all the touts who are holding tickets move out the corporates there were 800 people who used their season ticket twice or le- less a couple of years ago I think the club has become very lazy and the empty seats and the atmosphere issue is that an is Arsenal not problem just, or, or, or just a top tier football it's a problem, problem that's increasingly happening at top tier football but Arsenal would be like number one in that spot Part 
partly because the commercialization came first inside the ground and you know you've got that issue that you know kind of makes sense people that can afford to spend three thousand pound on a season ticket are also the sort of people that can afford not to go quite often and hold it as a kind of leisure utility visit at munich if you do that you get struck off i suspect what worries arsenal is if they strike off the people paying £3,000 for the club-level seats, they won't sell them again. But apart- so you have this dilemma of what you do about it. But I think the Emirates now is never going to be a cauldron. So in a way, it's not going to be a cauldron for Wenger going. But apart from Bayern, Bayern Munich, then is there anybody else? Is there any, any British clubs that have got that? I haven't it's, heard of any. Well, it's only starting to happen, really. Uh, you know, Old Trafford have this issue happening a little bit, but it only happens at the clubs that kind of sell out all the time because no, I mean they're like, why would I mean you the buy I mean, the, the buy credits. I mean, the Other clubs do run that a bit more. I mean, you know, look at one thing that, you know, let's hope we get to the final against... Um, in in Leon, but where Arsenal will really struggle, they get eleven thousand tickets. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if they could say, "Well, the people that came to the earlier rounds of the Europa League get priority," but they haven't built a system that can do that, yeah. or said they'll operate that at the moment to encourage people in. Now, I've di- digressed a bit, but I think the key point here is if you go back to when Penga joined Arsenal, he's been around so long, and now you've got a totally different crowd. Yeah, and I think and you've got so you've got so much more corporate. Yeah, facilities and and places, whereas obviously Highbury didn't, and a lot of the old-fashioned grounds, Anfield springs to mind straight away. You haven't got that. I mean, I know they've revamped their main stand now, but for years and years and years, they had so few corporate boxes that you didn't really have that issue. Old Trafford's slightly different, but it's still an old-fashioned ground that hasn't been set up like like Arsenal has. And I suspect that Spurs will have the same problem when they move into their new stadium. In, there won't be a, a ticket shortage or seats um, on show, I think, for that Burnley game. That is one of the interesting things that happened in, in those few hours after it was apparent that that would be his final home game. You know, the, the four or five thousand tickets that were left in the upper tiers went very that's, quickly. That's right. And the exchange will be turned on. But I still think you'll see three or four thousand empty seats because you've just got these Ooh, people that no. aren't coming. Can't imagine people won't. Well, I, th- I, must admit, I thought that ahead of the weekend game and it just really surprised me. It really surprised me. But, you know. We don't know. We won't know until Berlin. Oh, look, um, I should remind you at this point, we are sponsored, of course, by Labricks. And if you go to bet.footballisticallyarsenal.com, you will be able to see all of the uh, the great um, offers that uh, can be given to you should you want to to have a bet with them. And, and it seems a nice segue to mention, of course, that people will now be looking to potentially bet on our next <laughs> manager. Um, Dan, I know you're occasionally in the, in the, the best world and knowledgeable. The interesting thing to me is there was no immediate, very clear front runner. I know Lewis Enrique's at the front of the betting, but even that's a, a three to one shot. It, it appears a bit yeah, open. It's paper talk, isn't it? it? The interesting thing, this market for most of the firms, or certainly one of the firms that I was looking at the other day, was opened in 2012 when it was first discussed potentially that Arsenal might leave. And that firm, I think, has had five different favourites for the job. Klopp was one. Guardiola was another, Eddie Howe was another, and then more recently Carlo Ancelotti and who else is in that list? Brendan Rodgers has been favourite, and Maxi Allegri as well. I, I don't know about Luis Enrique, I must admit, I don't. Uh, he, he was at Roma, wasn't he, before he was at Barcelona? And, you know, Barcelona's such an oddity because of, of what they've achieved with their golden generation and one superstar player. So I'm not quite sure what we hang with Luis Enrique. I would personally like to see. Someone senior rather than someone young. I think it's such a huge 
club that mm. you, I think you've you've got to go for someone who who knows how to deal with what it means to to be in charge of a club like us. What do you think, Nick? Is it going to be Lewis knows, Carlo knows, Joachim Joachim knows, Joachim Low knows. knows? Maybe that goes That's quite well. Yeah. Well, I told you, Max. Max knows. I hope, uh, yeah, I really would like. I think he's the antidote to that Wenger football as well. More, def- you know, more defensive-minded, more, uh, more about strength. You're hoping he can do a bit more with Bellerin, from what you were saying oh, before we started absolutely. the pod. I think he's had such an awful season. Uh, you, you know, we were talking before, weren't we? Um, that maybe there's a really good player there somewhere. He's, he's obviously got pace, um, and, and he loves the club. But um, every single time he gets the ball, he seems to either go backwards. Uh, or mind you, most of our players do, um, but he very rarely seems to beat his man, gets a good cross in, tackles. Um, it's you know I think it's a problem that that right back and Debucci I think was a terrific player. I was really sad to see him go. I have to say. So, so but we but we you know we've got so many issues across the okay. whole across well, the whole, we come the back whole to squad. Bellerin in a minute as we look ahead to Thursday's game. But uh, Tim, any any standout name for you from from the names that have been mentioned? I don't think there is a standout candidate, and that's one of the frustrating things of having watched one or two obvious standout candidates go to other top clubs in the in the, in the Premier League recently. And it is really difficult to pinpoint. A candidate because Arsenal need two or three things, don't they? They need someone to shake up this slightly laissez-faire, you know, you know, soft underbelly that Arsenal have, and I like the Allegri on that. But I also think there's a big rebuilding job there. I don't necessarily know if this fits an Allegri or Conte who kind of come in, Sergeant Major a bit, organise it, and get Arsenal winning. It's a big rebuild job, so I just don't know. I would just there's a bit of me that thinks I'd like a bit of a risk. Or a bit of excitement. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not adverse to the idea of like Arsene who, you know, someone that I actually have to do, read about do, 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 when, when they're appointed. Well, I think it's probably harder now, although, and he's probably not now. But I'm trying to remember his name, which I suppose would be hope about. It's thirty year old young German manager that's at. Nagelsmann, uh, is it? That's it, yeah. So, you know, I, I can just about, like, if you prompt me, remember his name. But that would kind of count in that category now. Or maybe, you know, going back to an Arsenal legend. You know, because you actually look, I think the days of having to have done a lot of managing don't necessarily always translate to what's needed now. So I, I'd be quite receptive to Arsenal taking a bit of a risk, but given the club that they've become, I think it will be a it will be a solid safe appointment. Yeah, I. I, I... I mean, Zinedine Zidane's the obvious one when you talk about sort of, you know, the coach. I mean, Guardiola to a lesser extent because he, he did coach sort of youth and, and beat him, doesn't it, Barcelona? But Zidane probably is going to be available at the end of the year, even if Real Madrid win the Champions League. And, it, you know, he's done remarkably well there from what I can imagine, little sort of, you know, he's he's not going to earn any spurs somewhere else as he's gone in as a former player. And you immediately get that respect. So if you're talking about any of the former players from the great Arsenal teams, the recent great Arsenal teams, People would play for them, certainly. C- certainly. They'd have the respect. But, they would know the club. But is he going to sort out Iwobi? It's very well when you've got 11 world-class players and you yeah. just want to get that extra 1% out of them and motivate them. But I think yeah. we need more coaching and organisation and know-how. Now, maybe so does that, does, rule out, that. does that rule out uh, an Henri? Does that rule out... I mean, Vieira's done more, obviously, at New York City and Man City before him, but, I, you know, I... Henri's not even in the top 20 in the best team. He's at all the way at 50 Has he ruled one. himself out already? Um, <laughs> Oleg Luzny, interestingly, is in there at 40 Really? One, uh, ahead of Thierry. Um, Thierry could come in as a, as a number two. Well, Remy Gard's at Montreal Impact, if... Um... 
Well, he, he was one of those that you mentioned about people being at the top of the betting in the past. Remy God yeah. was a name. Although, I guess the Aston Villa... Well, that was because a while ago you could only find really one... You know, yeah. not as many former Wenger players were in management as perhaps coming out of other clubs. Now, in recent years, a few more have started to come through. So you can put the list together, the Vieiras and Arteta and so on. Yeah, you, you mentioned there the, the Hoffenheim... Would Arteta, yeah, yeah, is it Hoffenheim? The Hoffenheim yeah. manager, Julian Nagelsmann, who is four months younger than me, I, I realise, which would be... Uh, well, he's uh, it'd be terrific to get someone born in July 1987 managing our club age 30. I quite like that idea of just going for it, you know. Does Arteta come into that for you or not? I've, it's interesting. What I think, where I think you might have the issue with Arteta is it's so recent with a lot of the current squad. Now, is that a strength because he knows who needs clearing out? Or is, is, is it, does you need someone who's got a little bit more of a, of a kind of gap from them? I don't know. Somehow Arteta wouldn't quite... But he hasn't managed. He hasn't managed anybody. No, I wouldn't like that at all. I, I, I want a solid manager who's won things and can motivate those very, very expensive players. <laughs> you can see here as I look online, Arteta has come in on the betting today, as short as five to one with William Hill, but twelve to one at the moment with Labrooks. Um, I guess we will wait and see. But you, you just, just briefly on the manager thing, you seem to, to think it will be announced before the end of the season. Then I think they will have two or three now maybe even less that they're talking to um they need someone really quick it's only a month to go whether it's announced but i believe that the the candidate who gets the job will know that know that they are coming into that job within four weeks and nick are you expecting someone to also be announced in the next couple of weeks i might i i don't know why i just the way because spoke the other day and he sort of said that, you know, at the moment, you know, they haven't had those discussions yet. And he was sort of saying, well, you know, we'll analyse it. But I just wonder, you know, just any business run at that kind of level with that much They have money a short, around short it, list. They must have some, some idea in place well, of who they want to talk to. He, he said that uh, they haven't spoken to anybody. Yeah. They? And my understanding is they haven't. Um, Oh, but that's, I mean, because, because, because Edith is the ultimate spin doctor. They might, they might well have, sp- they'll have spoken to the representatives of people. Well, maybe. Just not the manager themselves. My, under, my understanding is, is not because Wenger knows everybody in football and that he would have found out. But anyway, we're, we're all speculating. <laughs> but yes, I, I, I would expect them to, to, to announce after the end of the season, after, you know, Arsenal's left. I don't think they'll announce anyone before that. They definitely, they definitely won't do that. Um, out of respect, but you know, probably the week after. Yeah, and hopefully they won't do it Friday morning when you're going in to do your show. And <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. No, I was late getting elsewhere, whatever I was doing on Friday afternoon. But yeah, no, it's a shocker. It's got it's got to be done on my time, basically, whenever I'm ready. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, we'll be what's, back. What's the day Gregory's before though? the season ticket renewals arrive? If this is a club that's got his <laughs> Mark Holmes head yeah, screwed there, on, there <laughs> um, you were just asking there, Nick, of Ma- Ma- uh, Allegri is- as big as twelve to one. If you uh, if you want to put your might, your money there, might, um, might, might do that. Well, look, we will be back after a very short break. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Well, one of the other things I thought was particularly interesting was you, you just touched on it before, Tim, about the way Wenger spoke after the West Ham game. And I, I know you weren't at the game, but I, I watched that 13 and a half minutes on the Arsenal website back. And, and the quote that definitely has got the most attention was, was what he's been saying about the fans. And he, one of the things he said was, the image we gave from our club is not what it is and not what I like. Um, 
the fans did not give me the image of unity I want all over the world and that was hurtful because I think the club is respected. I'm not resentful with the fans. I just feel if my personality is in the way of what I think our club is, for me that is more important than me. This is what I want to say. It has nothing to do with the fans. The fans are not happy. I can understand that. That is my job and I have to live with that. I can accept that. But it sort of goes towards this belief maybe there are, there are you know other factors you know, besides him deciding to leave the club, certainly. The way he speaks, that shows a sign of discontent, perhaps. Oh, if you watched that press conference as a whole, that was someone trying to convey, you know, but they weren't really happy with where they'd ended up and, and, and having to go. And also, he's always had, a, not a curious, but quite an old-school view of fans. Fans to Arsene Wenger are there you know, to support and not challenge. And, you know, what? who who are you to tell me about football? One of his most famous comments is, you know, is this guy who's never worked a minute in football. You know, we all pay our money, we all go, and football's about opinion. And I actually think that, although you could say, you know, it's a generalisation, but I think actually that's what's brought Arsene Wenger down. Arsene Wenger's refusal to listen, more internally than externally, but ever since David Dean's gone, I don't think Arsene's listened to anybody at Arsenal Football Club, and he ended up isolated in that club without any you know, senior number two, without anyone on the board who could be a check and balance. And I think that even came through in his comments yesterday. You know, it was all about me. I was right. If just all you fools had been unified around my transfer policy and us coming fifth and sixth, everything would have been all right. Dan, I mean, you you, you watch from the the back row of that upper tier, uh, of the lower tier, sorry, when you're you're doing your commentaries. What what have you made of the the change in relationship, as you see it, from, from the fans to the manager? I think, well, I say unfortunately, what happens now with the rise of social media, I just want to throw it, I don't want to just throw it on social media, but everyone is so vocal, everyone's got an opinion, and years ago no one really knew, I don't think, exactly what fans thought about managers and players, bar from 90 minutes on a Saturday afternoon, and now now we've got everything from everybody. I, I couldn't disagree more. I actually think that... It's a complete change. Or you could say the way fans articulate it now. Yeah, I'm just about old enough to remember when the crowd bundled out of the North Bank and 5,000 people in Avenal Road, you know, chanting for... Terry Neal to go and rather rude things about the Hill Woods. I guess it's just and, more, and it's then, just, it's whereas day. now, if you actually think what's taken out Wenger in reality, obviously it's results, so it, it manifests itself. But what's taken out Wenger has been people not turning up. It's a complete change. It's apathy. Apathy has brought down Wenger. Oh, I've got better things to do with my Saturday or Sunday than go and watch Arsenal. I think fans were far more hostile and challenging 20, 30 years ago. It's just that it wasn't as amplified. So your debate was in your workplace at school. Yeah, but hang on, you're talking about what Arsenal fans will perceive around each other and maybe the the intimate press. But now I think the way, like, a lot of what he spoke about yesterday was about his perception of how Arsenal was seen as very, you know, the way he's made them seen around the world and the way other fans now perceive Arsenal fans and people talk about Arsenal fan TV in quite a, 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 a jocular way. But that is how, like, my non Arsenal supporting friends get their feel for how Arsenal fans are you know emotionally at the moment and and maybe i think that's the point of social media that other fans well, it's a global the, stage the, the narrative yeah is, uh, i think it's just a change. stage that's this every single minute of every single day and it wasn't before that's and and you, you know there were there were chance for every single manager for every single club to go 
every Saturday afternoon. But then on the Monday morning, yes, you talked about with your, with your friends at work or wherever at school. But then it was forgotten about for, for much of the week. You might have still discussed stuff, but it wasn't like every single time you opened your iPad or whatever you did, it was still there. And you could still contribute. You could still get involved with that discussion. So I think I think the game that, and the supporters have ju- are just so different to what they, they were, were used to, uh, you know, a long time ago. But it, it's pretty apparent that there's a, a sizable um, Arsenal fan base that we're, we're hoping that Arsenal Van will go long before he's going to end up going in the summer. I think it's fair enough for him to be a little bit critical. I mean, everyone's been so critical about him, so it's fair enough. Let, let him have a have his view too. I, I I became critical towards the end. You know, I was one of the one of the last. Um, but you know, it was just the football just was appalling towards the end. By the way, I I, I don't remember that happening. I used to stand on the north bank. In the Terry Neal years, I don't, I don't actually remember that. Oh, you need to go and look up the Arsenal Action Group and the protests. And I'm sure Ilwood, happened. Ilwood will tell you about bricks coming through his window and having to be smuggled out of the of the of the stands. And you know, in a way, the difference then, of course, was not not everybody had a season ticket. So the average crowd in the in in that season, I think eighty three fell to twenty three thousand and was often down at eighteen thousand. Mm-hmm. So similar, if you like, articulation. But then I think there were a lot more protest. And rage. Of course, what has changed is that is the social media amplifies it, and the fact that you know so many people are involved without ever going into the stadium. Inside the stadium, I actually feel that what was so weird about the last year almost was the way the anger went. I mean, you know, the the sort of the, the fighting, the arguments, the banners all disappeared this year, and it became weary, didn't it? And people just stopped. Yep. And actually, that was more damaging than anything because when people don't don't care, care that's the problem. Um, you're finished. Which is why it's all exciting now, isn't it? Yeah, um, the whole reason that this that this ridiculous thing called football, where we all go and watch twenty two blokes kick around a bit of level works, is because we all hope for more from the next game than the last game. Otherwise, why would fans of the 92 clubs be turning up? It's not just can you win a league, it's can you come higher than the local rivals? Can you beat the team this Saturday? And we're all excited again. Yeah, yeah. We're all excited. There's yeah. going to be a new manager and a new approach and it's going to pep us all up and we'll all pay our money and turn up next year and go through the same cycle again. And we've got these two great strikers, let's not forget. There's a lot, there's a lot to be positive about too. There's, there's some real negatives. But Do you think Dan is someone that's sort of going to the club you know, weekly or for certainly... You know, every match day and you're, you're around sort of staff. Do you think there will be a sense of excitement? Yes, I think there will be. Because, look, the vast majority work at Arsenal are Arsenal fans as well. And they will have their own private gripes about what's gone on and they will have their own personal thoughts about the football being played and, and the trophies not being won or the trophies being won. And, and there, will, there will still be a, a huge excitement first day of the season. There always is. Even if Arsenal were still there, there'd still be that huge well, excitement. because there's a new signing normally it's, that creates yeah, that. There's, there's always there's something. There's always something. There's, you know, that's, that's, that's football, isn't it? There's always yeah. something. And it's even like... You know, th- this Thursday is going to be terrific. It will be a fantastic atmosphere. And even if Arsene Wenger hadn't have, have made that announcement, maybe it was coming the following week, the atmosphere would still be great for Atletico Madrid because you want your team to do well. It's the semi-final of a European trophy for the first time since, was it, 07, 08? Whatever, when the Manchester yeah. United game, you know. And 
this is something new for for Arsenal fans. And and just getting back to what we were talking about before, uh, you know, a lot uh, lots been talked about the sort of first part of Arsenal's reign and the second part of it. There's an awful lot of fans who don't even remember the first part, and I think that's yeah. that's 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 <laughs> been a, a a problem for Arsene Wenger because you know while he might have respect from an older generation, from from kids who are, who are brought up on the social media aspect of it and and the protest aspect of it, they can't remember those good times. They don't remember the 98 double winning side. They weren't going then. All they've known, if they've been a season ticket holder or a regular you know, uh, support for the last 10 years, is something very different. Although, you know, I'm sure Spurs would take three FA Cups in the last four years. But yes. well, maybe Pochettino wouldn't, but who knows? I suspect they would. Well, look, we've, we've got about um, four or five minutes left and I want to look ahead to, to Thursday. Dan, you, you probably watch more football than, than any of us in your role as a football commentator and, and, uh, and being across different European uh, football what are your thoughts ahead of this game for Arsenal? I mean, we're underdogs. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the worst possible draw because they are the best team. And I'm not quite sure how they managed to stumble into it. They're in a group, a Champions League group with, with Roma and Chelsea, weren't they? And I think they dropped points at home to Carabag or away to Carabag. Um, but they are a very, very good team. I mean, they were challenging for Barcelona up until they were beaten by Barcelona. I just looked at their team at the weekend. They drew with Betis. They didn't play a full-strength side. They did the midweek before that and they were beaten uh, 3-0. Diego Costa's injured, isn't he, at the moment? That That's good from an Arsenal point of view. But... When you start to reel off players from Atletico Madrid that you know because you've seen them in Champions League finals, you know that they're a good team. This is not a, a, a middle-ranked side, isn't it? They've got Griezmann and Diego Costa and Coke and Niguez and a black is a very good keeper as well. It's going to be tough. And they're streetwise. Yeah, they are. They are re- and and the team that we are. don't need, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, Nick, always, I'm always positive, always confident. And I There's think, still I th- a fear factor we, with, think, with, with European it, sides mm, when they come to Emirates. Still, well, I, I'm I'm going to Madrid, so I bought my ticket, so that shows how confident I am. Yeah, likewise, I'm I'm slightly nervous we will lose this uh, home leg by a couple of goals, and then that away trip could be more in vain. Although it will be the Arsenal's last, you know, on a on an away territory, if not a neutral territory, as we hope for that final in Leon. And we don't know how the team are going to respond. My first thought was, wow, this is going to g them up, and I still think. The news probably gives us a better chance than before. But I also think it puts the team under huge pressure. All this kind of public we comment, we're going to win it for him. We saw that. Um, and in a way, Atletico are, you know, will hold it tight, subdue the crowd, subdue Arsenal. And I've just got to worry that actually this is going to backfire a little bit on us or we're going to find the mental side of what we're up against really tough. And if, if we get into a street fight with them, I, I'd love to think we're going to get through. But over two legs, you know, I suspect they're too strong for us. I know you mentioned there about the the pressure that's been put on and, and it's ridiculous we've done 35 odd minutes of this podcast and, and not spoken very much about yesterday's game although I think that says much for just generally what our, our league games mean at the moment uh, and and just down just briefly on, on yesterday's game the first half I, I can remember very little about um, but come that final 15 minutes and there were periods in the second half where the football did get better and we and we got our goals and I was glad we got a bit of momentum because I hope that will take us into Thursday. I thought it was a tougher test than I thought it was going to be. I yeah. think that's good for Thursday because West Ham just didn't roll over. They 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 had chances in the first half but how many times over the years have we seen last 20 minutes teams tire playing Arsenal and Arsenal are so good 
uh, with forward play that you know I thought it was a, a deserved four-one success. Yeah, Arson. One of the players who was interviewed after the game, you know, spoke about how Arson at halftime just said, "Keep doing what you do, you will get those opportunities." Which seems to sounds like Arson. Yeah, it? that's <laughs> a, a classic Arson uh, um, conversation. So, so Nick, obviously you're confident of, of a Madrid success yeah. by booking your way. What, what would your score prediction be for Thursday? Boy, does love a prediction. Two 0 Two nil. That two would. I'll, I'll take that, Tim. Are you, are you back such confidence? I I think we'll go. I think it will be two one to us, or po- perhaps one all or two one to us. That would be all to play for in the second leg. Yeah, that would leave it on the proverbial knife edge. <laughs> I feel. And, and Dan, I'll you, go for a one 0 Arsenal win, which would also be a great result to to avoid mm. the um, away goal. You've not been watching Arsenal very much. If you think that's a knife edge this year, Arsenal could be three 0 up, and we all of us would still be worried about the second leg. Yeah, Moscow uh, <laughs> to give us a bit of a fright. Wouldn't we? <laughs> just just briefly before we go. It, is there an outstanding single memory you, you will take of Arsene's 22 years, you know, an image of him that will, you know, live and stay with you? I know there's been negativity and, you know, others have been more positive than some, but is there a single sort of image you will think, well, that's the one I'll remember from the, the 22 years? That Anelka goal at Wembley was a fantastic moment because that's when it all really started. So that's a wonderful moment. And obviously... Um, Winning the league at White Hart Lane, unbeaten. What a few. And it's your flag, which is yeah, your my, banner and, and in my the background. Banner, my arse and those banner. I, I really did think when I was walking out the ground, I, I really did think maybe I should call it, call it a day because it can never get better than that moment. Yeah, April 2004. Actually, oh, it must be the uh, anniversary in a couple of days of, of that, wasn't it? Um, which, yeah, for, 14 years on from that and... and well, yeah, what was it? May 1998 when Anelka was, was putting the ball past uh, Shay Given and the Newcastle goal. Tim, a, a memory that, that will live from Wenger's reign? I think probably the title winning at Old Trafford, being there for that. But also, we, we kind of forget now, and there was some very good writing on this over the last couple of days, the head-to-head with Manchester United and the head-to-head Wenger and Ferguson was a wonderful rivalry why it lasted and it is strong point. So to go up there and win and take on Ferguson at his best, I think I'd pick that moment. Well, absolutely. I mean, it was an incredible rivalry. And and actually, I imagine, I know we haven't really spoken ahead of Sunday's game, which is, you know, we won't do another podcast before we go to Old Trafford. And it, it, for for an Arsenal Manchester Arsenal trip to Man United, it does feel that it's particularly low down on the priorities at the moment. But I, I think he'll get a terrific reception, despite the fact that he was sort of pantomime villain and the famous picture of him with outstretched arms having been sent from the stands and he, he went a few metres behind. He will. You hope the fans he will, will give him the reception. Partly because I think actually on really big things like that, that's what fans do. But don't forget as well, and this was perhaps one of the first times that Arsenal had to go and it was quite a long time ago was when Ferguson started being nice to him and Ferguson only started being nice to him because he was no longer a threat and I, I think there'll be a little a bit of that kind of with the old Trafford crowd it's you know there's a little bit of old good old Arsenal because he hasn't new, really been ruffling Mourinho people up too, gonna be or upsetting gone. them I think the new stadium much. had something to do with that to be fair and just just down there no, a, a, your, your thoughts ahead well, of the United game? Well, ahead of the United and, game. And also, sorry, your, your memory on Wenger first. Well, my first year commentating for the website was 0304. Wow. Good and, timing. And, and that was just absolutely sensational. Um, and I remember at, at, I think it was Leicester away in Ridley, one of the journalists put it to us and uh, that, do you think you'll go the whole season unbeaten? And he was actually trying to get a rise out of him because 
Arsenal had said it the year before. That's right. Which, which some, some would actually say Arsenal played better football in 2003 than 2004. But anyway, um, and he was, he was almost like a little bit of a jibe. And, and, and Arsenal, you know, just sort of smiled and said, you never know. And that was, I can't remember, was that sort of September, October time, something like, maybe a little bit later than that. But certainly after, obviously, being unbeaten at the start of the season. So that was, that was brilliant. I've done some sort of archive stuff as well. And, and this has been talked about before. But when, when you know you've got something new and special when one centre-half passes to another on the final day of the hmm. season, and to smash it into the back of the net in a double winning year and that's the bowl to Adams 98 yeah, so, yeah, and, is... and that's, that, that was like you've got that back full but now suddenly they're, they're playing a little bit sort of different because you've got these this influx of yeah. a foreign manager and, and foreign talent yeah. as well what about you well I th- I th- in some ways it, it, it's weird way. being at Old Trafford when we, when we lost the uh, unbeaten record I mean, it sounds like a ridiculous memory but it was being part of that Arsenal crowd that was singing, we, we are so proud of you, we are so proud of you. Because even though at the time I would have been, what, 17, I think I appreciated that we probably won't see like this again. And it, and it was a team in, in Wenger's image that had, had gone unbeaten for so long. Of course, the title had been incredible. That, you know, I also went to White Hart Lane that day. I think it was the last time I paid a tout for an Arsenal ticket. You know, I spent a fortune for a 17-year-old on being there. But it was going to Old Trafford and feeling like, do you know what? We have just seen the most incredible run of football that, that we might ever see. And there's no guarantee that... It, it was never you know, a penalty, was it? No. I mean, yeah, it, that game was ridiculous. You know, the, the Rooney dive that there were basically Rio Ferdinand took out Freddie after, you know, some point in the first half that Gary Neville could have got... Um, you know, could have been... You know, they kicked us off the part. Reyes, I think, got basically assaulted. Well, that was the semi-final, that wasn't it, in that's, the 0 3 as well. As well yeah. I mean, Ferg- Ferguson worked out that he had to do that to beat us. But that was my So look, and just quickly, before we before we go, a, a prediction for the Manchester United trip? I, I mean, I, I, I don't know who's going to play for us on that game. Obviously, it could depend on what happens on Thursday night. Let, let's, let's go for a 2-2 draw. Tim? Oh, it's all about Atletico Madrid. It'll be where the concentration is. We'll go down 3 or 4-0. Uh, sadly, and uh, and Nick. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not very uh, confident about that. Um, I'll say, I'll say one-one. I'm just being, just being nice to my yeah. football club. I think we will get I can't, beat. I can't ever say we're going to lose. And we all know who'll score, don't we? Who's going to score? <laughs> Alexis <laughs> Um, there's every chance. I think we will lose. Well, well, well that was 2-0. good that he he scored against that lot. At least he scored against us. Right, we we we're probably overdone it, um, and we're being told it is, it is time to leave. But thank you so much to Dan, to Tim, and to Nick, and for all of you for Pleasure. listening. Pleasure. And we will be back next Monday. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Footballistically, Arsenal is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information.
What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.